Level Leadership Podcast. Jesus knew, I mean, even, even Peter, even John, I love them and I'm for them, but there's even a chamber that they don't get to come into because I know they're going to end up being human. And I can only trust the father with that kind of confidence that he won't let me down in any sense. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. My name is Mark Carter. The mission of Bible Leadership is to bring you Bible-centric leadership coaching that will foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. For the past two episodes, we've been talking about 10 years into a church plant and the mistakes that myself and my team have made and what we've learned from them. Here are the first four lessons we talked about uh, in the past two episodes. Focus on doing excellent work for Jesus, not the amount of likes you get. Resist making promises to keep people happy. Get wisdom and coaching and vision. And be slow to trust people who brag. Everybody starts at the bottom. Now here's two more. Hold plans and people loosely and systems over splash. I think this is going to be especially helpful for those of us who tend to work with a lot of passion or urgency, but we don't come up for air quite as often as we should. When I was a kid, we would go to the local public pool and I didn't really know how to look straight ahead when I was swimming. And so I'd go really fast, start off swimming furiously, but instead of staying in a straight line, I just veer off and hit the wall. And sometimes our leadership is like that. We haven't learned how to evaluate what it is we're doing. Who is this episode for? Well, while church planners will get a lot out of this, this is transferable to anyone who wants to lead, anyone who deals with people. Perhaps you have ambition, but you're not so sure that that ambition is going to lead you in the right direction. So you need to stay connected to God's word to keep returning to a proper motivation. What are we learning with all this? That because God is shaping us, our leadership walk will be filled with mountaintops and valleys, wins and losses, disappointments and surprises, all not only to help those we're leading, but to turn us into the sons and daughters of God he is seeking for us to become. Now, you may not know this, but I always put a final leadership point or tip at the end of the podcast for those who will listen all the way through. So be sure to listen all the way to the end so that you can get that tip. Now, if you find this helpful, please share it with friends, especially those who are desiring to move forward in their leadership. Now, let's get after it. Here's two more leadership insights born in the fire of the first 10 years of a church plant. What up, guys? Back in the house with Jam Master B. Welcome back, B. So we're talking about some of the things we learned in the first 10 years of the church plant. We got through four of them last time. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one we're looking at is hold plans and people loosely. Hold plans and people loosely. Yeah. You know, Proverbs 16, 9 says, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm. I found that to be so true that we get a plan, but the Lord tends to lead us only step by step. And I think that's normal. I think it's appropriate. Of, of course, if you're going to plant a church, man, you better have a plan. You better have right. a, a vision. But you also have to know in the midst of that vision that God is He's leading you that direction with that vision, maybe. But we just have to hold it loosely and know that's not going to happen just exactly the way you wanted sometimes better things are going to happen, and right. sometimes worse things are going to happen. B, you know you were there. We had a zigzaggy journey uh -huh. as a church plant. We start off, we're in this movie theater. Then we get this idea that we're going to go multi-site. We're going to go over to a local college, and we're going to have another site. And it went good for a little while. 
But the problem is we honestly couldn't sustain it from a volunteer perspective. Right. And it was just more lessons on that later. But ultimately, it came to the point where we were maybe going to be able to get into a building. Mm -hmm. We got all jazzed about it. We got all excited about it. You know, we started telling people, man, you know, this is an opportunity. We brought people over there, mm -hmm. like went through. And, and what are you doing there? You're, you're kind of creating the expectation. Yep. This is going to happen. And we had all our leaders walk through and dream yeah. and plan. And, yeah. Well, and then that see. didn't happen. Nope. That was not the way it was going to go. <laughs> fell through. Yeah. That hurt. Uh, I think it hurt our our team. There were some people that didn't hang on after that, that right. level of disappointment. A little time went by, and we ended up merging with another church. Now we're called Fierce Church, and it's a sweet deal. But I think all leaders just need to remember, hey, man, it's okay that the things you think are going to happen don't necessarily happen the way you thought, or even there's some significant disappointment. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned hold plans and people loosely. And I think that when that building opportunity fell through, I remember thinking, man, what just happened? Yeah, I think that's big, man, because that was very hard at the time. But I do think that there was a purifying effect for the work. Right. Um, going Even going through the fire together, like embracing that disappointment together yeah. does something to the community itself. Yeah. Um, and makes you stronger for greater tests later. So I, I really give God praise that in his wisdom, he allowed that to happen, even though we didn't quite understand it at times. I think other ways that maybe, you know, holding loosely to people is an important thing. Sometimes even you can you can be thinking people's future through for them mm -hmm. and you kind of decide, oh, I bet you they're going to work over here yeah. or they're going to work over here. Yeah. And then like something totally, their, their, their personality totally doesn't fit that at all. We just have to take more time to say, Lord, let's go slowly. Let's be patient. Let's find out more things that we can. I remember early on, we made a decision. We had a person who was leading worship for kind of the core version of the church. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to launch. I just knew you and I had better chemistry. And honestly, you're just the significantly better musician. And there was this tension in my heart because it's like, well, if I let this other person go from that role, I'm going to hurt their feelings. And, and probably people here, and do I want that to be the what's said as we launch this church? I'm so glad that God gave us the grace for me to be like, we actually just need the better guy. And we need this thing to go better and really the better leader. And so I'm thankful that we made that decision early because I feel like it, it genuinely affected how people understood how we would do church. I think there's a theme here that hopefully people are picking up on as we talk about these in this last two episodes. Hey, man, you might be one of those really non-normal churches that you just have radical success out of the gate. Everything is going awesome. We have not experienced that as a, as Good a church you. plant. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's awesome. You praise God. And honestly, I don't know many people that that's ever happened to right. in the, the many churches that we know. There's a lot of blood, there's a lot of fire, and there's a lot of long-term pain to be embraced. But we really can trust God to know what he's doing to bring about what he needs to do. With regard to this whole people thing, you know, it's such a privilege. I, I get the privilege of doing life with people that I genuinely love. They are the people I would pick all over again. Like there's a team that we have that is so tight and, and we really do. We've learned to work well together over the years. And there's some folks that aren't here that I wish were here. You know, at one point I thought they, they would be here, but I found that the Lord, he wants to make sure our hearts are in check about clinging to people. Right. You know, when, you, when we start a church, you want someone to go with you. You want, when you're doing any new vision, you're, you don't want to be the only person out there. Right. And so you, you, your heart can maybe in a wrong way attach to people and, I think that sets you up for certain kinds of hurt that Jesus didn't want you to have. That's why Jesus himself, John 2, 24 says, Jesus didn't trust his disciples. He didn't entrust 
his heart to them because he knew all people. Mm. Jesus knew, hey man, even, even Peter, even John, I love them and I'm for them, but there's even a chamber that they don't get to come into because I know they're going to end up being human. Yeah. And I can only trust the father with that kind of confidence that he won't let me down in any sense. Yep. So you do love them, but you let go of them emotionally. I think one way to think about it is you train them as best you can. You develop them and you know that you don't get to keep all those you develop. And hopefully they're a great missile that you send out to hit the enemy in the face. Yeah. I, I think, you know, anytime I've ever been tempted to hold on to somebody yeah. who's going, like they want to go or the Lord seems to be sending them. Um, it, it's always felt weird. Yeah. Some, some sort of inner alarm has gone off. Mm-hmm. Like don't try and keep them. Yeah. Because Inevitably, I think that it'll compromise something in me, it'll right. corrupt something totally, in me man. and try yeah. and grip onto them, yeah. or it'll corrupt something and or it'll corrupt something in the relationship and the organization if I try and get tempted into weird headspaces yep. of like totally, trying to man. make an agreement, you know, make a case for them to stay or something like that. Is, yeah. It just gets weird. Right? It does. You're so right. In fact, when I was in college, I was, I was a relatively young Christian, and we had this little friend group that kind of came about. And it was a, they were Christians, but they began to idolize like the club that we were. Mm. And it just began to get weird. And then it's like the Lord blew it up. It's mm. like the relationships didn't work anymore, and the whole thing kind of fell apart. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, I think the Lord just judged that yeah. because everyone's heart, I don't think everyone's heart, but several people's hearts were just they were filled with one another mm. rather than filled with the Lord. That's great, man. One, I think sometimes we need to resist. Um, we need even to say, man, I don't want them to go, but if they go, that's fine. Yeah. So that maybe they won't go because you have to write heart. So, hey, we got whole plans and people loosely. What's number two? Number two looks like systems over splash. Yes, systems over splash. Here we go. Here's another regret one. Mm. Hit me. Proverbs 19.2, and he who hurries his footsteps Airs. I think when I first started, like I just wanted to get somewhere. There's certain there's certain benchmarks that I wanted to be true of us right away. And I think two major places that messed us up was one, I think we wasted time doing stuff that wasn't us, but that I thought progressed us somehow. And then wasted too much time doing things that would f- make us feel official, but weren't really the primary flywheel things we were supposed to be doing. What does that mean, flywheel? Yeah, so Jim Collins talks about this in his book, Good to Great. These are the primary things that make your organization work. Mm -hmm. If you keep pushing these things, it's going to keep picking up momentum, keep working. And that's the big deal that you're supposed to focus on. I need to keep pushing these primary priorities, making them better, making the thing work more, making it work faster. So it's it's about alignment, right? It's about small pushes in the same direction. And Jim points out, if you start if you start putting too much other stuff in there, that's going to wobble, okay. and you're going to miss the power that just comes from going straight. Got it. So with regard to us, there were just things that we let in. So it might be a creative idea of a person. They're like, hey, y'all also need to do this. Really, the primary flywheel, dude, it's worship, it's preaching, it's kids, and it's assimilation, getting people on board to be able to say anything else. So we try, you know, I had this great idea for servant evangelists. I didn't really feel like it was anointed. Yeah. I just felt like it'd be a good idea. So you know somebody, somebody comes and says, Mark, the church really should have yes. this program. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the elephant painting yeah. ministry, yeah. you know, whatever that is. Oh, we're doing that? Yeah, we awesome. are. We actually, it's time now. It's start. Starts at your house tomorrow <laughs> night. Oh, great. Yeah. But whatever that would be, that thing that's like, 
Yes, that's a church thing. Yes, that's a spiritual thing. So we're not talking about something that's against the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about something that where we are, that is not the primary flywheel we need to be mm-hmm. moving. And when we take our focus off the primary flywheel, we're wasting all this time on things that we're not supposed to do, or you're draining those, you're taking those volunteers that should be on your primary flywheel, making it stronger, mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of like renting them out to these other places, and you don't get stronger. All right. So we just got to make sure that we... Keep focused on that primary flywheel. And you got to build the systems that cause that flywheel to go. So, and this is this is what we mean by systems over splash. I wanted it to look great, and I should have been instead focusing on it actually running great. Mm. That's where my mind should have been. And so I'd look for a really talented person to get this thing up and going, but because they largely led off the strength of their personality and didn't lead off the strength of the actual system, hmm. as soon as that person would go, as soon as they'd leave, the whole thing falls apart yeah. because it was riding on them okay. rather than they built good systems, good triggers that caused this to happen, and then so-and-so gets the email, and then training thing happens. All that should be happening in the system rather than just a person has to hold it all because yeah. people can only hold so much. So from the outside, it looks like you're better... Then you really know you, you actually are. are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I hear that. And, so, and everybody loves that person usually. Yeah. But it's really still it's weak from a certain point of view. And there's not stability in the organization. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that person. It's just as a leader, I should have focused more on. <laughs> no, you, we need to work on systems, man. This is what is really important. Yeah, I hear that. One of, one of the things that you mentioned too is the like doing what other churches are doing. Yeah. And I, I can remember going and taking trips and and going to sit with other worship pastors at other churches that were several steps or many, many steps ahead of us yeah. in some cases, you know, and, and, and feeling like I'm going to drive back. I don't know what we'll do based yeah. on what I just right, saw. Right. My job is split up into 25 different full-time staff right, people. Right, right. So, you know, the budget and all the teams and all the systems and all the things like they're on another planet yeah. from where we are. But I think one of the things that at, as we did those trips where it in, inevitably boiled down to, and this was really fruitful and helpful, was looking at the problem that their systems are solving, asking the question, where do we have that problem? And what does our version of the solution look like? Yeah. So it's not necessarily the exact same level of flash or the same, it's not a kit. We went and bought and then plugged in Yeah. when we got home. It was study of their system, uh, going back to our system and seeing, okay, where can we realign some things and make some adjustments and, and maybe, you know, do what they're doing, but maybe just do something different, but get, you know, similar results or something. In our I think area. that, I think that's really important, man. So I think it is helpful to go see vision. And we talked about that last yeah. time. It, it stirs up the team. I think if we're not careful, it can totally deflate us because there's folks that are so far ahead of you and what they really have going for them, other than maybe the Lord just radically blessed them. They've got systems. I remember going to, to some of the places we visited and it's like, oh, there's a system. Yeah. So it, like it, it's not just somebody holding this up. <laughs> right. They have 25 people running this. That's why yeah. this thing works so well. Right. So just even learning, that's where you need to start spending your energies mm. um, in order to keep moving forward. I think one more in this point, we talked about wasting time on stuff that isn't us in the sense of it's just not who we're called to be. Yeah. Like we're not that kind of a church. And sometimes people come from another church 
And they're like, I'll show you what y'all need. Right. You need this. And really, it's like, well, why did you come here if you like that so much? Yeah, it was so awesome at my old church. <laughs> right. Why don't you just go to your old church? Because <laughs> we don't have that. And, and people are trying to, like, mold you into something like, well, my old pastors did this really well. And it's right. like, dude, that's great. But we have to ask the question, what has God called us to do? In our time on earth, what are we going to be accountable for? Right. Yeah. You mentioned plugins. And that's like I buy kits, you know, of like, here's how to get this ministry going, you know, from somebody. And it's not that there's no help in that. But what it kept me from was thinking through the system. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here's a fix. Mm-hmm. Here's something. That, here's just solve it. Yeah. No, it doesn't solve it, moron. You have to actually <laughs> build the system. Right. That's the whole point. So yeah. I think one other thing that we saw with regard to that was we have to live out of our own charism. Pete Scazzaro on his podcast, Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast or something like that, he talks about this phrase, I, I believe, from the old times. Like he studies church history and this idea of a charism, meaning there's a certain amount of gifts and callings and personality components that your ministry has. And it's what you're supposed to do. Mm. It's if you try to do anything else, it won't work. So Pete's, I think the one he talks about is he was called to be a multicultural church, which is really, really hard. And he watches all these other churches accelerating. And he's like, but my charism is to be this multicultural church. And as soon as he embraces that, there's joy and there's peace. I think for us, there's a certain level to which I'm only comfortable when I get to be a little bit sassy with my preaching. You know what I'm I can be nice and I can be sweet, yeah. but my charism is yeah. it's kind of got a prophetic edge. That feels like you. Right. Do that. Yeah. And when we've tried to be too seeker sensitive, like it just it falls apart. Like it's, it's not anointed in the same way. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like my armor. It feels like Saul's armor. Yeah. And I'm supposed to wear my armor. And I think every person has that, but also I really believe every church has that. There's a certain way you're supposed to do it to reach a certain kind of people. And you just can't live in somebody else's space. You need to be you. And I believe that, but I didn't believe it from the heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have believed that day one. I just wasn't living that way probably until year eight. I love, I love that word charism. I think I've heard you say, triple consider what you actually like to do. Yeah. Like what ministry do you enjoy? You drive home after a night of this ministry you feel energized yep. instead of exhausted. Totally. And I, and I think what's what's deceptive about that is that can feel prideful. Right. Because it feels like, well, it's kind of about me. Yeah, isn't it's it? counterintuitive. You, you feel like you're saying that. Right. Like, well, you know, let's make it about me. No, yeah. And it, the, that's not what we're saying, though. We're just saying, I recognize there actually is a blueprint that God put in me and in my team. Right. Like, he did that very strategically on purpose. And so I've got to submit to his his purposes and just say, if he put this here— for a reason. Yeah. Let's just get in the flow of it. So it's like do more of the things that kind of give you life. Exactly. As you do them. That's totally yeah, it. Man. That's awesome. Hey, one other thing while we're here with the, the systems over Splash, uh, I think in, in recent years, I've really appreciated it. I've seen us get ahead with worship sets and batching series plans and sermon, you know, a whole calendar of mm-hmm. the series all planned out. In recent years, we've done that. And it's, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's freed us up to not have to every week reinvent Sunday, yeah. But to get away from that a little bit and get actually more freed up for for ministry and pastoring totally. yep. in other areas. Yeah, I think I would encourage young church planners. You may not be able to do that right away okay. because what you yeah. need is you need you actually need competent people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like your people actually have to get a certain level of competence. And you know, often you, sometimes you you plant with some really competent people, but sure. I'm sure that happens. I don't think that happened with us. You know what I'm <laughs> no, we were, didn't happen with we were us. competent enough to make it happen on Sunday, barely. We figured it out. Right, right. Okay. Um, and it takes a while to learn and, and, and even attract the level of leader that can do some of those systems. But absolutely, as soon as you can do them, mm-hmm. do them. 
And, and I think in the early years, study the people that do them well and learn their shortcuts. But don't take the pressure of like, you suck because you can't do it as well as the people that have some pretty doggone awesome systems. Just be patient, keep developing people and keep aiming that direction. And yeah, that makes it way easier. And that brings actual success rather than splash. Mm. Um, so quit aiming at splash early. But then again, don't take pressure to be somewhere you're not yet because the Lord has to grow that all by himself. I think this also brings up just magic bullet thinking. The idea that if we could just do X, right. boom, then, <laughs> you know, we would grow, man. And I just have not found that to be true in any area of life. Yeah. It's always a combination of things. And God is so smart. He's superintending the process. We got to trust him that he really does. As we were prayerful about it, he brings the right people at the right time, the right resources, the right stuff. Obviously, you have to be, you know, you have to be bold enough to take risks. You can't just sit there, but you obviously know that or you wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this. Life is long for most of us. We need to go slow and build well, not just frantically be trying to win so that we're somewhere. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to like and share this podcast. Thank you, patrons, for making this podcast possible. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can sign up for just $3 a month, and you'll get bonus weekly sermon notes and a special sermon of the month, and the rewards go up from there. Here's your final leadership tip. Zeal is good, but without God's word, you'll never be able to sustain it. You won't keep the fire, the fuel, the passion, or the spiritual wisdom. Or if you do stay fiery, you'll get into some strange fire because you're not tethered down to the safety of God's word. Listen, however God is calling you to lead, he's calling you to lead toward and in his word. Whatever your unique calling is, do it in God's word. We'll see you next time.